On this episode of the No BS Podcast, the college football playoff is officially set. We have Alabama at one, Michigan at two, Georgia at three, and Cincinnati being the first group five team to make it at four. This should make for a very interesting playoff. More coaching carousel chaos in college football. Oklahoma hires Brett Venables. Miami hires Mario Cristobal as he leaves the University of Oregon. Virginia hires Tony Elliott. And another big coach you they can see is Oregon is looking for a new head coach. Making it the next, making for the new group of five big coaching openings. So we'll see what happens with there. And we have a very interesting segment of BS or no BS today and some transfer news to discuss. This is the No BS Podcast. I'm Shay. I'm Ben. And I'm Michael. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And this is our last episode for the year, the calendar year, because we have break coming up. So this is going to be fun. We have official stuff now. We don't have to be speculating about this and that in terms of, you know, scenarios, the college football playoff. We are all done. We are ready to go. And I think we should just dive right into it, guys. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. So let's talk about the championship weekend games first before we get into the rankings. Um, Let's talk about the games that did not have playoff implications. So Pittsburgh wins the ACC. Can they pick it? will end his career as a winner, conference champion. So good for him. They beat Wake Forest. Uh, we had the Utah Utes once again dominate the Oregon Ducks. That was another surprising game there. I thought they'd be a little more close. But they dominated the Ducks. And we had Baylor beat the Cowboys of Oklahoma State to end their hopes. What a game that was. That, that was that, that was an amazing game. That was insane. I hate that Baylor won, but that was insane. So, let's talk about the other games. So, let's start with Cincinnati beating Houston convincingly. As Shay mentioned in the Open, they are officially in the playoff. Good for them, man. Super happy that they were able to do it. They remain now the only undefeated team in FBS, which is awesome. And for them to win the whole thing, they obviously have to finish undefeated. So, I mean, I'm really happy about the, about them, guys. You know, like you know, they put in a lot of work this season. You know, Fickle did a good job of taking advantage of the, all the chaos. You know, so many upsets this year, so many different things happened, and it's gonna be really fun to see them go up against the juggernaut in the playoff against Alabama. But. I think it's good. I think it's good, man. I, th- I think it's good for the sport to have some new blood. Yeah, Definitely. totally. Um, I uh, I think uh, I think it's amazing that Cincinnati is in, and we will see what happens. We'll you see know? what happens. We'll see what happens. So we have Georgia. Ugh, don't even sorry, Georgia. They freaking laid it. A massive freaking dinosaur egg. I, like they I, always I, I, do. I, I have two words to say. Fuck Georgia. You know, I uh, when, last time we did the podcast and we were talking about the championship uh-huh. games, um, in my head I was thinking like this is such a Nick Saban and Alabama thing to do. Yeah. Is to, to, to upset. I'm putting upset in quotes. Upset the number one team, Georgia. And, and win in no, honestly, the SEC championship. No, honestly, this game just showed me that 
Because for the whole year, there's been this discussion of, of, of who's the best team in college football. Oh, oh, it's Georgia by a mile. Georgia really? did not play any Really? Because, because the way I see it, Georgia is just Iowa with better talent. That, like, 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 that, like, that, like, like, that's how I see Georgia. Like, I know Kirby Smart's a good coach, but at the same time, like, where did he, like, like, like where did he come from? Alabama. Who did he work for? Nick Saban. So, so if anybody's going to pick him apart, it's going to be Nick Saban. For the love of God, like, you've had, like, four chances to beat Nick Saban since you've been at Georgia. Hell, Jimbo <laughs> Fisher beat Saban and before Kirby. And yeah. every, in all four games that he's played against Nick Saban, he's had double-digit leads, and he's blown all those leads. It's just, it's mind-blowing to me how you do the same thing over and over again. And if you're going to win a championship, you have to face Saban again in all likelihood. So it's like, what the hell, Kirby Smart? I will say this, I 100% blame the loss on his decision to not bench Stetson Bennett because Bennett is dog shit. He is a bigger bum than Brendan Johns, and that's saying something. That is saying a lot. That's, that's saying, saying a lot, lot. man. Like, now, now, as a Michigan fan, I want Stetson Bennett in there. Well, yeah, I, 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 I want Stetson course, Bennett in there yeah. because, yeah. because I, I know who JT Daniels is, believe me. Yeah. I, I know what he can do. Like, literally, for the love of God, like, Stetson Bennett, like, the only reason he was even there was because JT Daniels got hurt originally beginning the season, and because they were winning because of their defense and stuff, Kirby Smart didn't want to mess with a good thing. But you weren't winning games because of Stetson Bennett. You were winning because you had an elite defense. Exactly. And you had, like, time and plays on offense, right? You had a running game. You had, like, good receivers. But Bennett was not the reason you were winning games. He was just the quarterback who happened to be at Georgia, like, while they were winning games. And you, you know what he's capable of. Like, he was a quarterback, I think, in the COVID year last year. And they played Alabama in the COVID year last year. And he was god-awful. So I don't know why you don't make the switch and go to JT Daniels. Because at halftime, it was a seven-point game at halftime. And if you switch to JT Daniels, you probably have a better shot at winning that game. But he stuck with Bennett. And they just completely laid an egg. And now they're the three seed. So... I, I really just, I don't understand it, man. Like, I, I, get, I get the whole idea of, like, not wanting to screw anything up, but, like, Bennett is not that guy. Daniels is a five-star recruit coming into college football. He was just unfortunate with injuries, but the ceiling is, like, monumentally higher than Stetson Bennett because the ceiling is probably like the floor of Stetson Bennett. There's no ceiling with Stetson Bennett. You don't do anything. He can't win you the game, and he proved that against Bama. So it's just disgraceful. But obviously, yeah, Michigan fans would – want Kirby Smart to not make a change because yes don't change him Kirby yeah because literally like there's no way in hell that they're going to win anything with Bennett at quarterback because now you're playing elite teams now so I will definitely obviously you know I definitely hope that there is a bigger realization in Kirby Smart's head that you cannot win with Stetson Bennett but we'll see We'll see. Speaking of Michigan, the team that will play, they dominated easily. Oh, yeah. 42-3. 42-3. Back-to-back to back weeks of 42 points scored for the mm-hmm. Wolverines. And this time it was in the championship game, neutral site against Iowa. And Benny was really hyped for this one. Yep. Um, I, I was really impressed. You know, I, I knew – I mean, I, I didn't doubt that Michigan would win, but I just I didn't think it would be, like, to such an extent. But that just shows that Iowa has, like – Dead nothing in offense. No, Spencer, we knew that. Probably worse than we, we knew that. Um, yeah. Iowa's offense was really bad. I, mean, I thought they were just going to touch or something. I did, I was kind of surprised about Michigan's offense against the 
Iowa's defense because Iowa does have a great defense, um, and we were able to run the ball pretty effective on them. I think that goes to show that Michigan has legit has a legitimate chance to beat Georgia too because they have very similar play styles in terms of in terms of their identities and who they are as a team. Yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get into the matchups right now. So, first of all, CFP is finalized the twenty twenty one edition. So I'm just gonna go over the entire twenty five real quick. So we'll just go from the bottom here. So the last five in Texas A and M twenty five. San Diego State 24, Louisiana 23, Kentucky, Arkansas 22-21, Houston 20, my tires at Clemson are 19, NC State, Wake Forest, Oklahoma, Iowa, Oregon, BYU, Pitt, Utah, and then the top 10, Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Baylor, and then the top six, you have Ohio State 6, Notre Dame 5, Cincinnati four, Georgia three, Michigan two, Alabama one. So, congrats to all those teams, obviously, for great seasons, and they're all going to be in bowl games. So let's we'll keep an eye on those. But let's talk about obviously the ones that matter. So the top four. So I mean, I think like this obviously is no surprise. Like the t- after the games on last Saturday, there was really no debate about like which four we're going to be in. You know, once the yep. one, it was pretty self-explanatory. Um, and the order wasn't really that much of a surprise. So let's talk about the individual matchups. So we have the Cotton Bowl, which will be the 1-4 versus B- with Bama and Cincinnati. So obviously I think the natural assumption is to think this will be a blowout for, for Alabama. But again, with this year, you never really know. And I think the biggest thing here is going to be what Alabama team shows up because Cincinnati is not a pushover. You know, they're, they're in the top four for a reason. Their corners are really good. They have elite corners. corners they, have, elite. they have a future NFL quarterback in Desmond Ritter. So they're not a pushover. I mean, obviously, a group of five, power five, and the, the power five team in Alabama. So I'd say that it depends on which team shows up. If it's the Alabama that, you know, manhandled Georgia – last weekend and then obviously that's gonna be I think I, I think I think the one thing we see with Bama this year is when they play teams that that they're overwhelmingly favored to beat. They yeah. struggle. They struggle. But I primarily think AM where they lost. LSU where they nearly lost. Auburn. Arkansas they won by touchdown. Yeah. Auburn the the Auburn. The, the, the Auburn game I look at in a different lens just because like it is like your big rivalry game. And rivalry games tend to be even still. But they can, the Auburn team. They barely not, beat a walk on that couldn't walk. Yeah. That, that 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 at the same time is true. So, again, like, which Alabama has not been like Alabama by their standards this year. You know, just because they have not like dominated their SEC opponents, they haven't done much with their schedule, like in beating teams like handily. So. Cincinnati is, you know, they had their troubles, obviously, troubles, I say that, like close games against some lower-level teams in the American, but they come on strong this last month, dominating SMU, dominating uh, Houston, obviously, in the championship game. So this is going to be really interesting to see, you know, can Cincinnati rise to the occasion? I think they are more than capable of doing it because, you know, Fickle is an elite coach. You know, he's brought that program to the playoff, obviously, where no group of five has ever been before, and I think he's gonna have him ready. You know, like I, don't, I like I think Cincinnati has no pressure whatsoever. Like I think 
They can just play freely. There's no. They have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose, man. I, th- like, I think that's when a team like Cincinnati is 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 the scariest. Yeah. Is is is, is, is when you go yeah. out there play and you have nothing to lose. Like like there's no pressure on them. Like nobody thought that Griffith team would ever make the playoff, but here they are. And like now they can just go play freely and like play to win, obviously. But like there's not like it's not an end of the world like if you don't win it because like. No one thought you'd ever get to that point. So it's going to be interesting, man. You know, it's going to be really exciting. I'm excited to see what will happen. And, you know, obviously go Bearcats, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be fun. And obviously when we record the next podcast, the champion will be decided already. I, I, so. I also should know for that game, John Mechie is out, is out for the rest of the yep, game. Yeah, that's Where true. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, Mechie's out. So. So, so you have Jameson Williams and, that, and, and then and that, 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 that new kid, guy. that Corey guy. Whatever his name is, the the guy that touched on against Auburn in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, that freshman. So that would be interesting to see that that does play an impact at all. But yeah, so by the time we record the podcast, we'll have a champion decided already. So we'll obviously talk about the game in detail after that. But let's get to the other game, the game of interest for these two. It is Georgia. It is Michigan in Miami in the Orange Bowl, and the great Chris Fowler, Kirk Herstory, will call that one, which is super excited for that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a really good one, I think. These, two, I think they were saying on the selection show last week that they haven't played since the 60s, I think, was last 60s, time. 60s. Yeah. yeah, the last time that these two teams faced off. So, again, amazing new blood and everything. And it's going to be really fun, man. I, I, I think these two teams match up well on paper. I guess, like, like, I think they have, like Shay said, similar play styles. They have, you know, two really good um, – Defenses, good running backs, you know, yep. it's going to be interesting to see. And I think Georgia's the favorite right now, just, I think, from what I saw before. They're the favorite. Yeah, they are. but I, I think you have to throw that out the window because, like, Michigan's not, like, a nobody. You know, they're the Big Ten champions. So I'll let you guys go first. What do you guys say about this game here? Uh, I am uh, – I'm excited. I'm obviously excited for the for the matchup. Um Georgia's defensive line is really good, which is uh, not a recipe for success against Michigan's run game. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that part. But um, I think Josh Gaddis, who just won the Broyles Award. He did, yuck. For the nation's top assistant. Assistant coach of the year, yeah. Um, He's going to do some things. Uh, we saw in the championship game the freshman phenom Donovan Edwards throw a touchdown pass. So he's going to uh, he's gonna probably do some trickerations. And uh, I think the run game is going to go well for Michigan. And I think not being biased or anything, mm, of course not. I truly think Michigan can win this game, and I think they will win this game. How about you, Shay? Go ahead. Uh... Well, I echo everything everything Ben just said, especially when it comes down to the game pick. I also have Michigan winning this game. Um, I'll say this also. Everybody knows that I love Michigan and I hate Ohio State, but, but if there was another school that I, I could say I quote-unquote hate, it's Georgia. Just because, obviously, the Florida-Georgia rivalry and also Georgia fans are some of the most annoying people I've ever come across. Dallas Cowboy fans of college football? Basically. There you go. Um, 
so 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 obviously I love Michigan. I'm 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 picking them to win this game, and 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 obviously I have it out for Georgia. So so long story short, there, and 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 I remember on Sunday I was talking I was talking with my best friend Nick. And, 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 and we were watching the selection show together, and he literally told me, he was like, damn it, now I have to be a Michigan fan. <laughs> because, because if you think I hate Georgia, like, like, for, like, for, like for Nick, Georgia is basically Ohio State in my eyes. Really? Yes. Yeah. But, but, like, 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 he, like, like, if you think I don't like them, he full-on hates them. Mm. So he literally told me, he was like, he was like damn it, Shane, I have to be a Michigan fan. Well, there you go. More and, 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 and so, and, and so, I mean, hey, like, Michigan's 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 going to need that support because this is our first time playing somebody the caliber of Georgia for, for especially these kind of stakes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely agreeing with you guys. So again, like, matchup on paper is really good. You have to talk about two defenses that are really excellent. You know, they have great players on both sides of the ball on offense, defense, both teams. I think what it's going to come down to is a quarterback matchup, and we're assuming it's going to be Stetson Bennett until you know otherwise. And I think if that's the case, Michigan should win this game very easily because Bennett, again, is horrible. He is not that guy. And I think what's going to be the difference in this game is also turnovers. You know, obviously, like who can capitalize on turnovers, who can protect the football. If you know Michigan's turning the ball over, which I don't think was a huge issue for them this year, but you know, not at all. God, for, but God forbid, like in the worst possible time, the CFP. But if they can protect the football, they can run it down their throats and score, then I think it'll be fine. Because you know, because like they don't need Kim McNamara to be throwing like thirty passes, five I, passes. I think the Ohio State the Ohio State games gave Michigan's recipe to win. Yeah, just run the football. You have you know an elite running back in Hassan Haskins. You have a freshman phenom in Donovan Edwards. Blake, Blake Corum. He should, probably should be healthy by that point. You would think you know by, on New Year's Eve. So he looked healthy in a Big Ten championship yeah, game. Yeah, but you know he even had a big run against Ohio State. Just needs yeah. to have his full workload back. But yeah, he you have three great running backs. You know, Kate can take care of the ball. They're good, and, and then you have your plays where you play JJ McCarthy, yeah, and then, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then all hell breaks loose, and that happens. Yeah. So again, I just because of the fact that they have Bennett at quarterback, I cannot pick Georgia to win this game because I just don't think he's that guy. They have JT Daniels; that's a different story. But we're we don't know if they're gonna make a switch at all. So until otherwise, I'm gonna pick the Wolverines to win this game as well because I think. Collectively, I think they're a better team, offense and defensively, compared to Georgia. And they've gone through the adversity that Georgia hasn't faced. You know, they they just lost Georgia in the championship game to Alabama. So Michigan lost already. Michigan's battle tested this year. They battle tested, and like I just think like they just have a renewed joy this year. You know that that hasn't been there since Harbaugh got back to Michigan. So and just and, and just and just the overall like leadership this year yeah. is something we haven't seen before. So I am definitely going to concur with these guys. I'm going Michigan. Um, I would say. I don't think it's going to be like a shootout per se, but I think probably like somewhat high scoring, probably like in the high 20s, maybe the 30s. I would I, – I, I, I agree with right, right now, Right now I'd say I'd pick Michigan 27-23. Yeah, I'd probably go like Michigan 30-27 or 28-24, something like in that range. They're like, you know, high 30s, low – or high 20s, low 30s, something yeah, like that. I'll go th- Michigan 31, Georgia – 
28. There we go. We'll go with that. But it should be a good game, man. I'm excited to see that. I will not be able to see it. I'm so angry because we have a basketball game at that exact same time. And, but, I'll, and, and obviously, this is, this is going to be on New Year's Eve yeah. over, our, over our winter break. So, we're, so obviously, we're not going to be together anyway. But I will rush back to my room as soon as it is done to watch it. And obviously, when we record the next podcast podcast episode, it's gonna be the champion already decided because it'll be like after January. So we'll obviously digest everything, but we're excited for this game and for the other game too with Bama and Cincinnati. So let's talk about just other bowl games. You know, there are other bowl games that are happening inside the CFP, and I just want to you know talk about some of the bigger games. So from what you guys have seen, what are some other Bowl games besides CFP that you are excited to see. I'm really interested in the Rose Bowl with Utah and Ohio State. I was State. just about to say that. That, that yeah. that's gonna, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, that should be a good matchup. I think at their second ever meeting, uh, Ohio State and Utah only played once. They played 1986, which Ohio State won. So second ever meeting, and can't ask for a bigger stage. The granddaddy of them all, in the yep. Rose Bowl, man. That's going to be a fun one. What other ones do you guys think are going to be really good? Uh, the Peach Bowl between Pitt? Pitt, Pittsburgh and Michigan State. I feel like Michigan State could get blown out. You think so, really? Just because their pass defense is awful. Mm. And you're going against a Heisman finalist. Kenny Pickett's Pickett. Pickett. amazing. That's yeah. true. That's so that could be a blowout. Uh, if it's not, I still see Pittsburgh winning that okay. game. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to go with, obviously – the Clemson Tigers taking on Iowa State in the Cheez-It Bowl, guys. Oh, my gosh. The Cheez-It Bowl. Wow. I am pumped up for that, man. This is going to be freaking great. They play on the 30th or something. I don't know. They play the 31st, one of those games. They're in Orlando. Cheez-It Bowl against Iowa State. I'm so excited. We're going to freaking close out the season with a win, get 10 wins, and we're going to do it awesomely. Cheez-It Bowl, Ben actually didn't know this, but there was a game, I think, like four or five years ago, whatever it was. And it was so funny because it was such a bad game with turnovers and everything. There was like interceptions, fumbles left and right. I know TCU was in there. I forgot who they were playing. I think they were playing Cal, but there was, it was such a sloppy game. I think that's, that's what everyone remembers the Chiefs Bowl for. So if it's, a, as if it's a great game like that, I'm going to be excited for that one. I'm also excited for the Sugar Bowl with Ole Miss and Baylor. I think that's a good matchup there. That's going to be a really good matchup. I don't even know if Matt Corral is going to play in that one, if he's going to just going to sit out for the draft. But if he does play, I think Ole Miss has a good shot to win that game. Baylor, obviously, the champions of the Big 12. And that's going to be a good one on paper, I think. So that's another one I'm looking forward to. But there's going to be 40-something bowl games. So I will watch whatever I can, whatever games interest me. So we're going to have a fun time with that. So let's get on to the coaching carousel now. And this is going to be – a smaller edition because we didn't have an avalanche of hires like we did before, but still some really notable ones. We're going to start with Oklahoma Sooners. OU has hired Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables, and he is, I think, a great hire for them because he was there before Clemson. He got there. He was defensive coordinator. He won a championship with Bob Stoops in 2000, and you know, this hurts as a Clemson fan because, you know, he was an, such an integral part of our championships. We don't, we don't win that without him. But, I mean, I, I'm happy for him, and I'm, I'm really happy for Brent. You know, he's an, he's an electric personality. He's a passionate guy. He loves his players, coaches them hard. And 
I think he's going to do outstanding in Oklahoma, personally. I think, he's, I think he's the right guy to lead them to the SEC because he's just, he knows that program, obviously. He, he embraces the challenge, and he's going to have an elite defense. And then they hired Ole Miss offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, so they're going to have a, probably a more balanced team than they have under Lincoln Riley. So I love that hire, personally. I don't know about you guys, but I think I also really like good. the hire. I also am a big fan of that hire. I know, I know, I know Venables is... Is, is an older guy, but I... But, but Only, I, like, 50-something. He's but, not that... But I feel like, you know, coming off Lincoln, coming off Lincoln Riley's tenure where while your offense was amazing, you... Your defense you, you, was you, not great. You, you, yeah. They, they couldn't even stop a nosebleed. Yeah. But... But but you're definitely gonna have a more balanced team under 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 Brett Venables, which which I think a lot of Oklahoma fans will really like. See how yeah. many points they've given up over the years. Yeah. So, I like so so I really like this. I'm more interested to see what this does in terms of where Clemson goes from here. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get into that in a second um, because we're gonna talk about the other hirings that happened. Uh, Miami. Hires Mario Cristobal from the University of Oregon. This one I really like. I this... like the hire. I don't like how Miami went about. Okay, yeah, about we'll, it. We'll, we'll, let's get into that. So, the hire I think is absolutely fantastic. I think yes. it's, a, it's a grand slam hire because it makes so much sense. You have a guy who is from Miami, went to school there, won championships there. My dad. This was this was easily a ten out of ten hire. Yeah, he, he was a two time champion when he played for Miami. Born and raised in Miami. Um, and I was kind of thinking, like, after they lost to Utah, it makes perfect sense for them to go after Cristobal. And this was not a money thing. It was just it was him being home. His mother is sick. You know, I don't know if people know that. Uh, his mother is kind of ill. So he gets to be closer to his family, gets to take care of her. And then he also gets to try to restore the U to what it was in the early 2000s, 1990s, and all that stuff. So I love the hire. Absolutely. Like, I think... Again, like I know the quarterback of Miami, Tyler Van Dyke. He's from Connecticut, from my hometown, Glastonbury, and he's a superstar. He's going to be a freaking great player from years to come. He'll be an NFL draft pick at his current trajectory, and I think Cristobal is going to be that guy to kind of just like give him that leadership that he needs. Because Diaz, I mean, like he just Diaz was just he, he had lacked. He, he lacked. He, he the had flair. to go. Yeah. He had you know, to go. There's just so many things wrong. The culture was still broken. So, absolutely love this hire for Tyler, for the program, for Miami, Miami Hurricane fans. Now, as to the process that Ben mentioned, yeah, that was a shit show completely. It was. Um, so, for those of you who do not know how the process went down, there were reports, I think, like, right before the Pac-12 championship game is when they first surfaced that Miami was going to go after Cristobal. And he didn't deny it after the game, after he lost to Utah. He didn't deny it. Like, he was asked straight up. He was saying that, yeah, I think schools are, schools are, come, schools are going to come after me. Oregon wants to do something with me, this and that. So he could have said, I'm not going to Miami. I'm staying with Oregon, blah, blah, blah. But he did not do that. So he only added a few little fuel to the fire. And within a couple of days, there were reports that he finalized a deal. But the problem was they didn't fire Diaz. <laughs> they did not fire yeah. Diaz when these reports are coming out. He was on the road recruiting for Miami still. And all these reports came out about, you know, they finalized the deal with Cristobal, they had not fired Diaz, and they were waiting for Cristobal to say yes to the, to come to, to Coral Gables. And once he did, they fired Diaz, and then later on that day, they hired him. So it was a huge mess, I think. It was kind of a cold-blooded approach, to be honest. Like, I don't think it's fair to Diaz, and as much as like he needed to go. Well, at the pretty... same. Well, at the same time, too. 
you know, obviously him doing a bad job with Miami doesn't justify this whatsoever because because I don't think any of us would would agree that this is the way you should go. No, that, that, that this is the way you should go about it. Definitely, not. but. I think I think what people miss is that isn't Manny Diaz the same guy who took the Temple job at, at one point and he then did. and then quit after a week? Yeah. So so, so at the same time it's like so at the same time it's like you know as cold blooded as it is as unfair as it is you know at some point what goes around comes around. Yeah, but a little different circumstances there. If I get what you mean, but like I even still like I think like if you're going to go after another person, you should like relieve the other person of their duties don't like yeah. them, don't make them believe that like they still have it well job. no 100 percent. i i 100 percent agree with that and, and you know manny diaz's history you know you know you know shouldn't be used to justify yeah. this but 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 at the same time what i'm saying is let's not forget this and and in terms of in terms of just like a karma standpoint and and you and you know and you know like like i said like i mentioned what goes around comes around regardless of how unfair it is and again, that doesn't justify it whatsoever. I I would I would not have handled it the way Miami did, but 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 at the same time, you know, you can't ignore that. And I think he put out a statement saying that he disagreed with the process, and obviously, like no one can blame him because like you go behind someone's back and like shop their job around while they're still employed. You know, that's kind of a dick move across the board, but. I think Diaz will get another shot, whether it's a defensive coordinator or a head coach. Again, I mean, he he does have the ability to coach. I just think not in Miami. Like not, he has probably has to go to like a lower level, maybe a group of five next year or something, or defensive coordinator somewhere else. We'll see. But I think like like Dan Mullen, he can coach, just not at that school anymore. He kind of wore out his welcome there. So Miami also hired their new athletic director. They stole Clemson athletic director Dan Radakovich. And again, this also hurts because uh, Dan Radakovich was an amazing director. He oversaw the championship teams in 2016 and 2018. Uh, we made the championship game two other times, playoff, made them routinely. And again, hiring-wise, that's a great hire for Miami because you know he also was from Miami. He went, or not from Miami, but he graduated from Miami. So he started his career there as a graduate assistant, I think he was. And... I think it's it's gonna look up, man, because like Miami has been pretty much in a downfall ever since those early years, and for them to be back up now, I think with the crystal ball and Radakovich hires can be really good for them. So I think they're on the right path. So we'll see what how this translate on the field next year. I think fans are probably gonna want immediate results, which I think like makes sense because fans can be impatient, but. I say within two, three years, they should be a power again. Or at least, not power, but like, you know, at least like relevant in ACC. That's a fair thing to say. And then Virginia, it's not official yet, but they're looking at Tony Elliott, who's a Clemson OC. And this would just complete the triangle of just like Clemson being just poached. And it sucks, man. I'm not going to lie. You know, as a Clemson fan, this sucks because... I think for... I, I think- I think for Clemson though, after the offensive year you've had, you know, you know, maybe a change, you know, maybe maybe a change at that at that, at that position wouldn't be the worst thing. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying you should fire the guys your offensive coordinator. But what I'm saying is, you know, if Virginia were to hire him away from you, like, 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 like that that wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't be the worst thing for you. Yeah, I mean, like again, again, like like Venables, like Elliot was in charge of those two teams on offense when we won the championship, and like. He's a great guy. I mean, like again, like, like if he does get the Virginia job or the Duke job or whatever job he does get, if he does get one, um, he absolutely deserves it. You know, he's a great offensive mind, great leader. I think he'd be excellent at Virginia or Duke or whatever the hell he ends up. Um, he's gonna be good, man. I, I'm really 
happy that he was there. But yeah, like just well, it's just one of those years where we just could not get it going offensively. Like we played a lot better down the stretch, but I think his resume speaks for itself. You know, I think he's gonna be a good leader. As for Clemson itself, I mean, this is the first time that we're gonna go through a change like this because we've had such continuity for like the whole time that Dabo has been there for the most part. At least like during the CFP era, in terms of like having continuity, the same like defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. Um, I would, I would ultimately trust Dabo to figure yeah. it out. What, what, what well, I'm no, no, like, like, it's gonna like, be interesting. Like at the end of the day, like, like at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, Dabo's like, like, like he's giving me no reason not to believe that yeah. he can figure it out. I'm not too worried about it as long as like we just fix the issues in offense, like. Again, I don't know if DJ's the guy. I don't know which, which is the real DJ, the one that had, like, 400 yards passing last year against Notre Dame or the one that had, like, dog shit year this year. I don't know which one's the real one. So, it's next year we're going to find out. Or we could probably go after the quarterback in the transfer portal, probably. We're going to have to use, utilize that because we can't just, like, stay status quo because we're missing the playoff, for God's sake. So, I will say, though, um, I'm excited for the future. You know, I think we're going to be fine just – Ritual a bit like Saban goes through it every year for God's sake. He loses coordinators left and right every year. So, but then again, there's a big difference between Saban and everybody else, right? That so, so we're gonna see what happens. But I'm definitely gonna, um, you know, it sucks losing obviously any any staff members that have been integral to your success. But I'm optimistic, so we're gonna stay tuned and see what happens. I think probably what happens is they're just gonna promote some guys that are on staff already, just keep keeping the family. So we'll see what happens. But let's get to BS or no BS, guys. This is, we have some fun ones right here. We have a celebration plan because the Detroit Lions, ladies and gentlemen, have won Ooh, a football game. What a week it was. Throw a parade. <laughs> let's throw a parade, everybody. The Detroit Lions have won a football game. Yes. And when this happened, Shay and I. Raise the banner. Shay, Ben, and I all like men in the bathroom just at the same time yeah. <laughs> we started like jumping up down and celebrating because yeah. we were like I, I, I promise it wasn't I promise it wasn't as disturbing as it sounds <laughs> yes we literally just had the same idea to all just, just like try to see each other in our rooms and just celebrate because mm-hmm. like again like Ben suffered for like what was it was, this was like week 13 that just happened so for like 13 weeks he's been suffering and yeah. finally the Lions after so many close calls they get the win <laughs> And not to mention, guess who won NFC Player of the Week? Jared Jared Goff, Goff, baby. He has tied Matthew Stafford with (laughs) NFC with Detroit Lion Offensive Player of the Week. Okay, okay. Honestly, given honestly, given how shitty Stafford's been playing the last few weeks, I don't blame you for feeling the way you do. Oh man, yeah, but hey, we should like get a statue of Jared Goff for real. (laughs) Just by the way, shout Jared Goff. His girlfriend is hot as hell. We saw a video. She's a she's a model, and I guess like that that. So what happens when you're freaking making millions of dollars playing a professional football league? Jared Goss went on and off the off field. Off the field, man. He probably got some, like, great, you know what, afterwards. But happy for Ben, man. You know, Ben finally had a smile on his face. Michigan and then the Lions on the same day. Can you believe that? Like, yep. that's crazy. So let's say for the no BS part of this, we're going to say, are the Lions going to win a football game again, Benny? Can they get two wins on the season? Well... Draft pick wise, I would love to see them just tank oh, to get what number a fan one. You are. But what a fan you are! <laughs> technically, we're not out of the playoffs yet. They're so, not. No, um, we're still alive. Which is funny. Yeah. That's just how. So how much, are you still the so magic of dank? <laughs> you're one. So much, you're one ten and one. How so, are you not out of it? So much has to happen, but they are not mathematically eliminated. Um, 
I I love Dan Campbell, and um, you know we he, technically should have like even, three or four even wins though, now. Even but though, even though some even though some of Campbell's coaching decisions are very questionable, they're a little questionable. Some of them, but most well, of them. Shout out to rookie head coach mistakes. Look, look what he's had to deal with. Khalif Raymond is like our star receiver. Quintess Cephas is star receiver. Well, Benjamin. he got hurt. Yes. No. 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 Jeff Reynolds is the star receiver. Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Sorry, Josh Reynolds. No, Monroe St. Brown, super good. But I, I love Dan Campbell, and I absolutely think the Lions will get another win. And hopefully we can get another win and still get the number one draft pick. I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Jags and Texans both have two wins, so uh-huh. we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. I will say – I don't even know what the schedule is, man. I think they play the Packers again. I know that. We're going to beat Jeopardy, man. They're going to beat Jeopardy, man, Ben <laughs> says. <laughs> Nah, he oh, they play the Cardinals again, so they'll lose that, that game. Yeah, that's a loss. Uh, they play all their teams. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't think I'll, – I'll be nice to Benny and say no BS. I'll, I'll believe in him just so he gets something. But speaking of the draft picks, Michigan's Heisman finalist, Aiden Hutchinson. Has he should had, be number one. He should go number one. That's, that's, that's the next he should one. Be, he should so be number I, one. I don't even have to ask the question. So to make your case for why he should go number one. Uh, the dude's a – Monster, he's a monster. Need I three sacks? Is, 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 is he under the people's bed at night, like, like trying to scare them and everything? Yeah, he's that monster. Yeah, he's that monster. monster. Yeah, he's, he's the boogeyman. Yep, he okay. is a he's a demon. He never takes a playoff. Um, you know, I, I think uh, there's a great chance that it's gonna be Bryce Young who wins the Heisman, but probably yeah. uh, obviously it probably, I don't it probably agree with that. Um, but yeah, Aiden Hutchinson just a stud like. You always have to prepare for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the only defensive player nominated for the Heisman. Yeah, he is. So, uh, there's some controversy, Will Anderson, maybe. Um, but Aiden Hutchinson, a stud. He should go number one. And, um, yeah. I think it'd be really incredible, to be honest, if he did go number one. Cause and if we're saying him or Thibodeau. I mean, like, that's it. Aiden, easy. It's Aiden. I don't like... Because my case for Aiden is that not only is he the kind of guy that, like, has... That has offensive coordinators, like, up at night, like, 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 like trying to prepare against. But at the same time, you know, you, you see it with him this year of how, like, he's that guy in the locker room this year in, in, in terms of being the outgoing leader, the rallying force that brings the team together. And and, and, and and when you're and when you're looking for and when you're picking that high, you're looking for not just a gold jacket guy, but somebody that your team can really get behind. Yeah. And the and the fact that Michigan is rallying behind a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, and they're winning at the level that they are, you know, you know, you can say what you want about about Kevion Thibodeau, you know, you know, regardless of all the leadership stuff, I still think Aiden's the better player. Oh yeah. Just just, just, just because of his maturity, his technique. Just the overall power and force that 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 he puts into his craft. At the end of the day, what separates them is it's the fact that Kavion can lead the way Aiden does. Well, I will say it's a toss up. I think. I think. I think. At the end of the day, when the draft does come, it just be a preference of whatever the team wants. Like if the team, if it's the Lions, if it's the Texans, or whoever the hell is picking number one overall. Like, well, you pick the best player number one. And yeah, I think that's Aiden Hutchinson. Well, not always. Always because, the best player number one. Because when you're picking that high, like, like you gotta look for the gold jacket. It's guy. it's really just a matter of like preference of like which team prefers which player. So, 
we'll see, man. I, I think right now I'd definitely say it'd be Hudson or Thibodeau that go to, that go one. Maybe they maybe they both go one two. Who knows? But yeah, it's those two guys for the number one spot and. A lot of time left. We have like four or five weeks of the season in NFL, so we'll figure out which team will have the number one pick. Probably by the time we record the next podcast, so we can talk about it. And we're going to talk about Mike Zimmer now, who is a Vikings coach, and this is all Lions-themed, no BS segment, if you couldn't tell. Um, Zimmer has been with the Vikings, I think, for eight years. 2013 is when he got there. The defense has been regressing since they made the NFC Championship game a couple years ago. And there's talk about him being on the hot seat, so I want to get your take on it, if that's BS or no BS. I have no BS on it, personally, because I think that the ship has kind of sailed Zimmer. I think they kind of they've reached their ceiling, and the defense has just been going the opposite way because he's a defensive, he's a defensive coach. So if your defense is regressing under your watch, I think that's a big indictment. And plus, they have a bunch of different things to work out in the offseason in terms of like salary cap and overall like, i don't think the team is going the right direction so i have no bs on mike zimmer getting fired at some point i don't know if it's the end season or not but i think he will get fired maybe even gm change too who knows but that's i also have no bs on that i think it's just whenever when you lose to the winless lions mm-hmm. um i think that causes concern yeah and um, it's, it's been a troubling trend too because like again yeah. this has been years that they've been because they had the number one defense at one point now they're just they're going like the opposite direction I would also say no BS on this. Um, I love Mike Zimmer, the guy. I I I I I I, I think he's an awesome coach. But I just, yeah. but, but I just think with this Vikings team, he's just hit his ceiling. Yeah, I think he's it's showing his course. So I think whether he resigns or gets fired, I think there will be a change in Minnesota, maybe on the GM level too. Like I said, um, we'll see. And plus, uh, the Kirk Cousins situation there, like his contract is has a massive hit next year, and he can't be back at that hit cap hit. So there could be a lot of changes in Minnesota next year. Maybe it's Kellen Mond time next year in Minnesota. Who knows? They did, they, they did draft him, and what was it, the third round? Yeah, last third year? round last year. So we'll see what happens, man. So um, last thing we're going to talk about is Quinn Ewers. And mm. those of you who do not know, Quinn Ewers was the number one player in the draft – or not the draft, in the re- recruiting class. class in college football. And he was supposed to be a 2022 player, but he reclassified – because he wanted to get NIL money, and it was, it was illegal to do that as a high school player in Texas. So he went to Ohio State, and now he's transferring after the season because he's not going to play. He realizes he's not going to play. He's not going to overtake C.J. Stroud in all likelihood. So he basically just went to college for one year to, to get a million dollars, which, I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? Um, I want to talk about what do you guys think about Quinn Ewers and possible landing spots because he he was. Well, I, I'm saying any Texas school. Well, 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 first things first. The fact, that, you know, I I be I'd be remiss if I I'd be remiss if I didn't say fuck Ohio State. There you go. Yeah. I um, will say though, I, I, it, I, I need to, I, I just need to throw that out there. I will but, say it would have been nice to see Ewers versus McCarthy. I was excited for that to be honest. Um, yeah, but we won't get that. But I am excited that he's gone now. Yeah. So, so it lost chance. Maybe, maybe Michigan wins nine straight games yeah. now. Who knows? Because yeah, going right. forward, it's, it's gonna be Stroud versus McCarthy. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, ben mentioned Texas school. I think Texas makes the most sense. I think he's he's homesick. I think a little bit. There's some reports about that and. I don't. Th- I don't think it's that he's homesick. I. I, I think it's that you know you have not just have CJ Stroud but also Kevin McCord. But like 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 yeah, Kevin McCord and that and that quarterback. Yeah. 
I just I think just again I I, I don't I think he made him a, he just went for the money he just wanted to get nil money but like I don't think there was any yeah, shot for him though you know he's yeah, still, he, he, he still he still has a full year he made a million bucks just by sitting on the bench pretty yeah. much like, and he still has his full I think four years ahead of him. Ben will probably know this more than me but I think like he had a commercial that aired during the Big Ten championship game so that was his only like appearance and I think there was like people going on Twitter he also did get some snaps at the end of the Michigan State game yeah so there you go so you got something but. He is a, obviously an extremely talented guy. You know, I think any school is going to love to have him. Um, but yeah, I think Texas going going back home to Texas, whether it's Texas Tech, A and M, or it's going to be UT, somewhere. It's going to be somewhere in Texas for sure. Like you know, all those teams could use. He got his mo- He got his money. Now it's time for him to actually. And he still has all four back. years. If you you ask exactly, he, he exactly. has four years. So it'll be interesting to see, man. I think yours obviously talent wise would be good. Um, it was my personal preference. It would not be a Texas school. It would be Clemson because we could use his talent, but I, I'm not going to get my hopes up with that. I think he'll go back to, to Texas. I think Texas Tech is what I'm reading is probably the favorite right now. I don't know how true that is, but... I would actually love him with the Longhorns. I personally... Pers- I would say Texas. Per- be- personally, I would love him on A&M so that... Jimbo Fisher could have an elite quarterback because they have a recruiting class coming out that's really A and M would be very very interesting. Yeah, A&M. actually, I switched my take. I I, I wanted to see a, see him at A and M. Yeah, A and M I think would be really good because they have a they have they're making a case for the number one recruiting class next season. I will also say, in terms of the Longhorns, I feel like because you're not going to the SEC for a few years, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're gonna be the Big Twelve. Oklahoma's gonna regress to to, to kind of like kind of like middle of the pack within the Big Twelve. Yeah. So I feel so so I feel like if they got yours, you know, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has proven to be a a a, a pretty good college football head coach. Right. So outside so, this year, of course. Well, obviously. C- 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 because 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 anytime like you have a new coach like starting yeah. a brand new program it's gonna, no I, I understand it, 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 though it, it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit his offensive mind is pretty strong but but when you give him that kind of quarterback oh you know, yeah you know five star you know yours was the number one recruit for, yeah. for a reason yeah so I feel like if you give Sark he's special so I feel like if you give Sark that in the Big Twelve with Oklahoma falling back a little bit yeah. you know you know you know I think if they got yours they could make a run for that for, for the Big Twelve they definitely could I think. Um, the one thing though, but John Robinson probably will go pro, so they would lose their running back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, but, yeah, that's always possible. But um, no, again, I think any of any of those Texas schools, but I think I think yours probably is one of those guys that like, he wants to win. So I think Texas, UT, and A and M probably give you your best chances at winning. I think at the end, of, I think at the end of the day, it's gonna be one of those two. I and, will say, regardless of twenty picks, I won't blame him. Yeah, I won't blame him either. Um, there is, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I read recently that he is gonna commit to school before the signing period happens next week. So I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I think it's like he wants to bring recruits with him to whatever school he goes to. So I think if I, it, it is I, true. I agree with that philosophy. If, I agree with that. If it is true, then we'll know very, very soon where Quinn Ewers is gonna go and we'll find out if it's Texas school or if it's somewhere else. But it's time for final thoughts, boys. So let's start with Shay. What is your final thoughts for today? Um, Obviously, Michigan, we're we're in the playoffs for the first time at at, at least this iteration of the playoffs. Yeah, you're we're, we're, yep. we're, this is our this is our first appearance. We're playing Georgia. Fuck Georgia. Um, obviously, it's no secret. I'm I'm picking Michigan to win that game. And right now, championship game wise, I think it's gonna be Alabama and Michigan. And my God, Go that that Go Wolverines. Go that, Go that, that that will be a dream come true. Go I blue. Can't wait to see it. Go blue. 
Go blue, baby. All right, go ahead, baby. I, uh, basically everything Shay said. Um, my final thoughts are on Michigan. Uh, this is, I've never felt this way with Michigan football, and it's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. So I am super excited. There may be a chance I go to Miami there may be to see that game. Not sure. Um, but anyway, uh, go blue. I also think it'll be Michigan and Bama in the national championship. And wow, can you imagine Nick Saban against Jim Harbaugh? That would be amazing. Um, and yeah, we'll have to see what happens. My final thoughts are cheese it, bull, baby. Clemson, let's do it. No, um, for real though, I'm excited for the, for the playoff. I think it's going to be... Really exciting to see, you know, like the new blood, like I said, two teams that have never made it before, plus Georgia, who's made it once. So I really don't care, to be honest, who wins as long as it's not Bama. So I'm just hopeful that we do not have a back-to-back championship with Bama because I'm going to go crazy because this year has been so much fun for it to just end with like the same old, same old to be horrible. So I'm hoping that Cincinnati can find a way to win, you know, just freaking like do it, whatever, like go get pick sixes, freaking like run down their throats or whatever, just do something to win. But I'm excited for this, for the playoff. And, you know, we're hopeful that we will have a good champion and we'll be back for it guys, because we will break it all down by the time we record the next podcast, the championship will have been finalized. So for the No BS podcast, I am Michael. I am Ben. I'm Shay. Have a wonderful Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, everybody. We will see you all in January. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Goodbye.